checking for me podcast you know it starts right now when the fuck else would it start i'm rachel jarofsky i'm cody wilkins and just like last time i'm so excited you guys are checking for us right now welcome to the pod rachel tell me of your days my friend what's good in the world of checkery what's good who am i you know what i need to you know what i need to stop doing is checking for people on Venmo. Mm. i sometimes like use venmo as like a weird way to lurk people like oh what they on you know what I mean? No. Like, who they paying? For what? For why? <laughs> I used to refer to Venmo as rich Twitter. You know? Yes, absolutely. It's like, it's like it costs like, two cents to drop your joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, that's true. It's like an, a very sort of like, it's it's a covertly ruthless way and i say covertly ruthless because it's like damn you really found a way to weirdly compare yourself to others like it's ruthless you were able to that in your brain you know what i mean yeah it's like weird flex but okay but like back you know because I'm certainly not flexing on anyone in on the Venmo timeline. The Venmo time. What it, what sort of of pissing contest is that? Mm-hmm. You know why do need, why does that need to be public? I've never known anyone to advertise the memo line of any other check. You know. Oh no. Yeah. Mostly because that seems not right. You know, you're trying to keep your finances secret, but th- but I feel like Venmo is so tied into social life. And that's part of it. It's like, oh, let me look at these people with some lush ass social life. like Venmoing each other for tacos and drinks it, all right. the time. Like, what's my Venmo looking like? I don't, I'm Venmoing my girlfriend for like groceries and CBD for the dog. You know what I mean? Like right. not. Phone not, emoji, house emoji. Right. 13 exclamation points. Seriously, dude, I need this. 13 <laughs> more exclamation points. Send help, please. And by help, I mean my money. <laughs> but, you know, I'll uh, just like this too shall pass is what I say for everything. Um, how about you? Who are you checking on? Who are you checking for? Who are checking for you? Et cetera, Yo, et cetera. What goes of your life? I had some super cool checkery happen to me. A guy who I grew up with in the neighborhood it now makes music. He's a rapper. And he... Uh, it can be disrespectful as hell to say, actually, let me just not even violate because I don't like the phrase SoundCloud rapper the same way I don't like the phrase open mic comic, you know, so, but my man's, yeah. a, my man's is an independent rapper mm-hmm. and we go way back and he reached out to me like, yo, I would love for you to do some like a comedy skit on my album. Right. And I was like, yo, that sounds really ambiguous and difficult (laughs) (laughs) but of course like both of us here i'm saying nobody really like i think but between the two of us everyone on this call knows who we are but like let's just in the lab and have some fun so i uh i felt really exclusive he sent me the 
not yet released version of his album. You know what I'm saying? And I got to listen to it and vibe to it down the block, walking down the street, knowing that nobody else was listening. What I was listening to was exclusive. Exclusive. You know what I'm saying? Exclusive checkery. Damn, son. Where'd you find this? That that was cool. Um, But at the same time, that taught me what I need to check. Like, like that that checkery taught me what I need to and I'm now checking for, um, which is like the ability to tell people no, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. I am I'm having to earn my paycheck, you know, and they're like, hey, you work now. So you you have to work now, mm-hmm. you know, and and that means that I only have so much free time and I've learned the, the hard way that free time doesn't is not equal to like me being available you know i really hate to say it but i'm not superman you know like i'd be tired Mm -hmm. (laughs) what Mm -hmm. the fuck i thought figured you know you work ends it you know say whatever time and you got these many hours i could do other shit after and no i'll be trying to rest uh i really have to rest and recover so you gotta set the boundaries yeah just you know, slide him a little Yeezy taught me and <laughs> <laughs> he won't notice. Uh, you just like fully give him that skit. Right. <laughs> Send him something totally made up. Nah, we're we're on a great uh we're on a great creation schedule. I'm calling it a creation schedule because I don't look at it like work. You know what I'm saying? Because it's fun. It's fun. So we're we have a, a really healthy time kind of set up, but I don't have time for shit else right now. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm work and create and rest and, and recover. And that's it. And that's so. and that's just the R's. The R's, the R's, the R's. Right. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactamente. Okay. But you know what we always do have some time for? Oh, let them know. Well, we always do have just a minute or two to sort of sneak on a schedule is a nice little memo to those that need it that they need to go on and get they big on out of here uh so we're gonna go ahead and deliver that unto you listeners but first you know we gotta have a little be coming but first you know we gotta have a little be coming yeah gives the week coming up Gibbs of the week, we have returned to send somebody off into the sunset with a better idea of how they need to get they big. And this week, we have a very special Gibbs of the week that goes out to white people with BLM in their bio. Rachel, you know one. Mm-hmm. I feel like we are. We know them. Mm-hmm. You, you might be one. Mm-hmm. And we don't hate you, but you do have to get your big. So I'm going get to us, get us right up out the gate. White people with BLM in your bio, get your big. Cryptocurrency is not the only digital currency. Black Square posts an ass. We all know you ended up at that march because your Uber pool was picking up a nigga running from some tear gas. But Cody, I was marching in 2020 when there were no Uber pools. Nah, you are right. But you just outed yourself, Sarah. Motherfuckers been marching <laughs> since photos were black and white pre-filter. Okay? 
get your big hi cody i hope this email finds you well i know it's been a crazy summer dreary drafting ass out of here <laughs> look if you have my email you also have my venmo and I have never paid my rent with sympathy, thoughts, or prayers. Pitch a penny in those wish you wells and do your best to buy my priceless forgiveness. Get Joe Big. I can spare three characters in my bio, but can't name three characters other than Malcolm Martin or Rosa looking ass. If that's the case, then hey, sis, we have a problem. Black Lives Matter is more than an organization or a movement. It is actually a full-blown fact which is why you don't really need to put it in your bio. Imagine if I put women or people in my Instagram bio. Would that make you think I care about the female orgasm or I was just interested in finessing one out of a woman? Got him. Allies align themselves with action. They don't just copy and paste rallying cries that look good in a quick post in a quick post hinge match scan, all right? When you use a phrase as factual as the sky is blue to virtue signal that you don't share the same views as your racist cousin from Bumblefuck, whom you conveniently never checked on said views, you don't do shit for me, but make sure I keep the coolest lingo of the cold switching close to my chest. I appreciate the intent of your super, your superficial gesture. But trust me, this is one of those things that you could say so much louder with your actions than with your words. And you, my friend, have only gone so far as to say it with an acronym. So get your big goofy ass the fuck on. Rachel? Got him. Oh shit, hold on. There's a fucking, a fucking fire that erupted in my bedroom because I got that white people from BLM and they got charged so hard. You know, Cody, you know, Cody, no, no, no white person is above it. You know, no white person is above their whiteness. No white person is absolved, least of all me. Let me just go ahead and say I've done my identity digging. I've no, there's no doubt in my mind that my implicit white toxins have leaked all across America without me wanting them to like a little walking, talking global warming girl. But nonetheless, a bitch has to say white people. Why people who put BLM in their bios get so big? I got cyber tatted for the world to see. <laughs> put it on your chest like, please do not resuscitate. See how much I care? See how much I care? I put it there. Get so big. I took a stand and then I posted a black square five minutes after, baby. <laughs> With your real no justice, no peace, no racist police can't chant on be at the rally looking us. I'm not a thirsty white ally, motherfucker. I'm parched. Fucking parched white ally. White people with fucking BLM in their bios are some parched ass white allies you gotta let's douse throw them in a pool is what i say okay okay because white people who put blm in their bio are like uh fyi if anybody asks this is my statement on that <laughs> please remember that next time i get justin trudeau yikes right like where were you in halloween of fucking 2010 bitch because i know that most of y'all were not somewhere good uh but here's the thing here's the thing 
a little BLM in the bio is just the, is about the same as just giving the performance of the year. Well, guess what? You don't get the Oscar. Actually, you actually might because this country is actually fucked. Okay, I got to get out of here, folks. I think white people who put BLM in their bios got charred, burnt to a crisp. Mm. We got some good news for you. Uh, Cody, what's our good news? Our good news is the guest. And today... She comes from the highest of echelons. Lives and money get saved when she's around. So let's get down to brass tacks with the music. folks i've said it once i'll say it again the virtual studio hath been blessed people it hath been blessed with a guest to end all guests we got the one the only londy keeps eagle in the house tonight okay londy is a powerhouse people protector who has worked as the director at the last real indians a campaign manager for chase iron eyes's congressional run yes londy i took the deep dive into your linkedin and she is now the executive director at the save money save life foundation a chicago-based organization that uses art and entertainment to foster sustainable change. Prior to laying roots in Chicago, Londi was at the forefront of the No Dapple protest in her hometown of Standing Rock, North Dakota. The master, change maker, and mother herself, Londi Keeps Eagle. It's great to have you here with us today. Thank you. That was awesome. We pride ourselves on our intro, you know? Absolutely. We like to burst the door open with a lot of love. Uh, and, and when you got a background like that, you make it easy. Um, uh, Londi, Lonnie, we did a little a little digging in the interwebs uh, and found a really uh, powerful, interesting quote uh, from you. You've said before that you don't consider yourself an activist. You consider yourself active. So I just want to start by asking, when would you say that journey started for you? Was activism a big part of your upbringing? Um, I don't think that what we know as activism was a big part of my upbringing, um, but definitely my upbringing is the reason why I am who I am. Um, so I grew up on the reservation in North Dakota, and I think that I experienced all the things that activists fight for um, in their daily life. And I always find that really interesting because I don't lead with trauma that I've experienced. Um, and I feel like a lot of times when people are telling the stories of our identity, it's always led with a, with trauma. But I I definitely, you know, grew up in poverty, grew up in, in a place. My reservation is the second, second poorest county in the United States. Um, you know, and we struggled with all the shit. Um, and I grew right. by my grandma and, you know, education was an issue for me growing up just just all the things obviously indigenous people are fighting for for our rights since forever um in this country so i think right. those um just collided together once i once i became a mom uh someone once said you're gonna be able to do good while doing well and that mm. really stood out for me mm whatever that means, like your mental health or your well-being or financial health. And so I've been lucky enough to be one of those people to like do good while doing well. 
Wow, there were so many amazing like one-liners that I'm like, right. let me get that Bars. stitched on a cross <laughs> stitch and put that on my wall, you know? <laughs> um, but you're you're so right. I mean, I feel like activism as like an umbrella term is so broad and like I guess is used generally speaking in regards to like folks who are like pushing back against like a status quo of sorts. Um, so I guess I'm curious is like, what sort of like status quos do you feel like you're kind of, you know, you know, elbow side, you know, given the, the little basketball elbow to currently in terms of like your work in Chicago? Man, my work in Chicago is just so interesting. Um, growing up in an urban space and growing up in a rural space really makes a difference on how you view the world. Right. And this is the first time I've spent a lot of time in a very urban, you know, over overpopulated space. Mm-hmm. And so previous to this, I did a lot of environmental justice just because I feel like um, at the end of the day, we can fight for social rights and we can fight for political rights and we can fight for whatever we want. But if we don't have a planet to exist on, none of that shit matters. Um, so that was kind of the basis of, of where I started. But in Chicago, because of the population, uh, people have kind of taken precedence in my life. Mm-hmm. I never experienced homelessness in the way that I do in Chicago. Um, And that was like kind of my first thing that really broke my heart. When I got to Chicago, I I came face to face with people who are experiencing homelessness in a real way. And uh, I've experienced homelessness in the past, but it's so, it's such a different experience in urban spaces. Um, So a lot of my work is just centered around justice for people and people's right to be happy. and so, you know, I, I think that SMSL itself was kind of fo- founded out of the idea that um, Black and Indigenous people have a lot of the same histories and a lot of the same relationships to systemic racism. And so the basis of what we do is kind of based off, you know, the tra- trajectory of the Black experience and the trajectory of the Indigenous experience in America and then what that how that has affected us now. Mm -hmm. But in addition to that, we dabble in policy in places that we're not supposed to be. And then we have a program called Street Medics Mm -hmm. where we have millions um, in the 11 neighborhoods of of Chicago who face the highest rates of gun violence, how first responders, how to communicate with the police in instances that they witness those things, um, CPR, and stop the bleed and also mental health first aid, just because I think a lot of times people are experiencing trauma and then not knowing what to do with it afterwards. Yeah, totally. I'm really interested by like, just thinking about just the idea of confronting the challenges of, you know, that one might find in like more of a rural area with, you know, rural poverty or like anything else versus like an urban area, just like on a personal level, did it feel challenging to just like make the transition from living you know, I would imagine like in a much more nature loving area into like Chicago where it's just like, I mean, I'm in New York. So Chicago is better than New York in terms of like the number of trees. But yeah, like how was that to just like kind of pack up and leave? Because you met Vic and Vic brought you on. So how was, how was, you know, taking the gal out of the country, bringing her into the city? 
you know, I think as far, I guess, I guess as far as like um, activism goes or working in community space, um, the, the thing that I had to adjust to the most is what community accountability looks mm-hmm. like in urban versus in, in rural spaces. In rural spaces, I just feel like because the majority of individuals know each other somehow, right. accountability is just so different. And I don't want to say there is like a lack of humanity in urban spaces, but I feel like there is a disconnect, mm-hmm. an individual disconnect. Um, and so as far as activism goes, like working through that, also um, in urban spaces, there's a lot more varieties of people with a lot more varieties of issues. Right. Also navigating that and, and people's sensitivity and, um, you know, coming with, I feel like coming with your own experiences from your own spaces and then trying to uh, work in other, na- in other communities has, has been a difficult challenge mm-hmm. uh, for me just because people don't understand my experience or understand who I am. Um, so that's kind of been like a personal challenge for me. Totally. And also this shit is expensive. Right. But yeah, that's been another thing that I've just noticed. Like consumerism's out of control. And even like sometimes I'll be getting like disgruntled because there'll be a lot of people who work in this space but then still buy like seven hundred dollar Jordans. And I'm like, mm, that's like contradicting. Right. Yeah. Londi, Save Money, Save Life is a young organization. Uh technically speaking, I suppose. But it's already become such a prominent player in Chicago, most notably with the Street Medics program, um, teaching first responding care to civilians in high-risk areas, um, which is, I feel like, such an ambitious goal. And for you all to have hit it and and really produced that sort of education and disseminated so quickly blows my mind as to how you've got it done. So I'm curious about what some of the other early large-scale goals you had for uh, Save Money, Save Life, Save Money, Save Life were, and how you've been able to see them through. Is this, do you guys just have a, a really massive team, or is everyone just absent, an absolute virtuoso at what they do? Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so our team for the first uh, year was me. Um, for the first year with me, and of course, Troy, my partner in Life and Crime, he would help me stay up till 3 a.m. creating things. Uh, he became a graphic designer. Um, year two, uh, was me and Troy and a lot of volunteers. Now, year three, I have a program coordinator. Her name is Carly. Um, I brought her on, I think, in like November of last year. Um, and I currently have one, two, three, three interns. And I would say that everyone is incredibly amazing at what they do. So basically, Vic and I met uh, because I was tendering like large scale logistics and also um, just like the funding that was going into the No DAPO protests. Uh, back home and one night one of our my mutual friends came as I was like emptying a semi of supplies like box box with like, a group of four women and Vic like very coolly walked up and wanted to be introduced and I yelled at him and I was like 
we all not see what's happening. Right. Don't fuck about who you are, what you have to like either get on and help us unload this shit or I, I like just don't care. Um, and he was like, bet. And ever since, and that, that was kind of like our meeting. Um, and we just really like realized that we just had a lot in common in how we wanted to move in the world and what we cared about. And so in the beginning, um, it was kind of a way for Vic to, um, you know, have an outlet to make a difference and, and, um, allow us obviously the financial capacity to be able to do the things that we wanted to do to, to make it real legit and official. So we we basically didn't start out with many big goals other than uh, we want to help people in the best way that we can and also street medics because Vic um, had the idea from street medics when he from when he visited Gaza because they had something similar. Um, and so that were, and that was the idea for that. And then since then, it's just kind of grown. And I've like taken every opportunity that's ever come my way, and every opportunity for collaboration, and every um, like email, I will answer it and try to you know do as much as possible. I don't really know how to say no. Um, and so I think that um, after the first year, once I kind of understood Chicago and Chicago's needs. Um, the community center definitely became a big goal. Um, we went the whole first years and didn't have an office. Um, we actually got kicked out of WeWork because Vic shut down the Bud Billiken Parade. We, we shut down the Bud Billiken Parade for 72 se- seconds to represent the 72 people that were killed by gun violence that weekend. Um, that was like too radical. So we like lost our office space. Um, so there's just been a lot of like learning experiences that really influenced that idea of creating this co-working space so that people are able to come here and like use it freely and do the work that they care about. Um, that was a big project. And this has taken us like a year to really get as far as we've gotten. Um, in addition to that, I think a lot of unsaid work, uh, you know, learning how to do our finances, learning like all of that stuff is so important in this space and it's never talked about and so that's been like a huge thing for me is like to really learn um how to be the most effective and efficient and to mind my p's and q's and abide by the laws so that we still continue are able to do the work that we do um i recently i'm going back to school to get um a certification in nonprofit management so that's like a lot of a lot of things that like the bigger projects that we've been working on um, and kind of like the other things that have turned out massive have been accident like our um, truck. So SML has distributed like, I think we're at 50,000 brand new pairs of sneakers. Wow. Um, and the, the anti-bray truck was kind of an accident in just response to, you know, CPD's bait truck. And since then, that initiative has been amazing. That was that wasn't on purpose. Um, it just turned out that way. And then um, our um, COVID response initiatives were also kind of an accident. We had a bunch of stuff, um, you know, in our storages. And I and I like the second or third week, I actually had a conversation with someone who was living in a domestic shelter, and they were like, "Yeah, like." You know, we don't have work. We don't really know what we're doing. Like, um, we're getting a lot of rules. Like, we can't leave. And so we started that initiative just to kind of target shelters and individuals who, you know, had had other reasons they were unable to leave their home. Like, maybe 
they were maybe they were handicapped or had mental disabilities or they were elderly and didn't have a ride and so it made it more difficult for them to handle like how to get their necessities and so that's how it started we I think we had distributed like maybe a hundred care kits for the first two weeks and that blew up and now we're at like two hundred and fifty thousand so you know I don't really, I don't really know if we set that many goals in advance. Um, I know that a lot of the administrative work that I do and the background work is definitely, and we work that through that list by list. Uh, but I think keeping that part of the foundation so legit has allowed us the ability to be able to do whatever we want, whenever we want, and for community and funders to trust us to do that work um, at any given moment so i think that um yeah our biggest goals are just to stay legit and be as effective as possible and i think that we're we're doing that pretty well but i hope to be able to get more um more funding to be able to hire more interns because we pay our interns really well and young people are the (laughs) shit because they're not jaded yet uh, they're not they're not super mad so uh, and, and just seeing them grow through the experiences and and working through everything with the foundation has been really great so I hope to I hope to be able to get more interns this coming year because it's been like an awesome awesome experience having them with yeah. us no to young people I mean when did we get jaded you know what I mean I'm just gonna assume everyone on this call is roughly the same age like when did that turn happen for us? It's hard to say. Quick question, and you could just this is a yes or no question. Is there a difference between a nonprofit and a not for profit? No. I, I didn't think so. But see, the semantics would trip you up, right? And and that's the thing. I feel like you you just ran through, you know, tens of different ways where you need to cross your I's and dot your T's and mind your P's and Q's and make sure that legally and uh socially and from a communication standpoint, there's so much that you have to do perfectly right that yeah you need the endurance of youthful people who have experiential and existential skin in the game in order to push through and make this kind of stuff happen because i mean rachel you and i have talked about this before but doing taxes Mm. trying to hunt down a, a, a check or something even the smallest bit really exhausts us now i'd like to get into a bit of the fun meat of the cool part of SMSL. You know what I'm saying? I think sometimes nonprofits feel like real, like, hi, do you have a moment to save the whales? Like pamphlet passer routers on the street. Meanwhile, Save Money, Save Life is like the cool kids. You know what I mean? Like the real, the hip guys saving the world, you know? So what what is it like to be the the head woman in charge of the, the cool street lifesavers in in the whole in the city you know what what is that like or do you push back against that narrative of like no we're just nuns like everyone else you know how is that like I'm happy to hear that um I'm happy to hear that we're the cool kids that that's pretty great um but what does it feel like to be in charge it feels messy um <laughs> I feel like internally there's just so much going on at all times um you know, and like I was talking before about all the administrative work that there is to do, um, that I feel like I sometimes get lost in the sauce of how we're perceived from other people. Um, and you know, I, like 
who said, is it Lauren Hill? I'm an artist and I'm sensitive about my shit. Was that her or was it? Erica Badu. Badu. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about, about this. Um, I'm real sensitive and I'm happy that we're perceived by community to, to be cool. Cause I think, um, that's a big part of our goals is like pairing is cool. You should do it. Um, and I do, and I do want to project that. And it takes a lot of work. I feel like to package caring and to package, you know, what we're doing and how we move in a way that people perceive us um, and want to get involved is really important. That's like a huge part of SMSL. Um, so, it, but for me personally, I guess um, I feel grateful. Uh, I feel really thankful to be able to do this work. Um, I feel appreciative that I that Vic entrusted me um, to do this work. Vic is, I might be biased, but Vic is one of the most amazing people that I know. But it feels for me like um, I'm living my dreams. I feel like all the time that, you know, the more the SMSL does and the more that we're able, able to do and the more people that we're able to impact, I just feel like wow this is what I wanted to do with my life and so I'm just happy that I I had the ability to do that yeah I mean look the the listeners can't see it but it's some real uh fly flea ass raw ass uh spray paint sitting behind Londi right now you know what I'm saying it's uh the SMSL looks like if anybody if anybody's from High Park the wall you remember the wall back in the alley behind the gas station it's just all of that it's all the flea yeah, and that was done uh, by Corbin, who is also in uh, Save Money. And I'm going to drop this because I don't think that people know this, but Cody is responsible um, in a lot of ways for Save Money and also for both Squad Click. And he came up with yep. Squad Click. He is Save Money, and a lot of the a lot of the influences, you know, because Cody's kind of like the big bro, and a lot of the influences. Um, on Save Money as a group, if, if people don't know, Save Money is just like a group of young um, men of color who are all, you know, turned out to be amazing um, artists and individuals just in their own realms. And they definitely help support our narratives and our programs and constantly just sharing and getting the word out about the things that we're doing. Um, and they're uh, also an amazing group of people. And Cody really influenced a lot of that. Blondie, it's, uh, you know, like it's, like you said, it's a family affair. It's a team effort. Uh, it all comes from real life, real people, real stories. And uh, to have all of the one hands wash another and all iron sharpen iron, all the old uh, idioms and things that they say about people making people better. I'm just glad to be part of the family and glad now that we have such a fantastic matriarch leading the charge. So here we go. Look at that. Look at that. Man, like save money really. What I I try to tell them a lot too is like, you guys are in the third largest city in America and a lot of the culture that's, that's you know, that cultural influences come from Chicago. And as far as Chicago goes, like save money truly affects all of culture and the and the way you know just just with the what we're wearing to what we're listening to to what we care about and it's really that group of young men who you know are setting that and i'm like look at that at a, at a large scale like look at the responsibility that you guys have and you may not have been to like get here but you guys really influence literal culture at a large scale in america and i, and I just think it's 
really important to acknowledge them for that. And I think a lot of times, like, you know, when it comes to just community and the way we care a lot, a lot of attention, you know, obviously for, for reasons important, goes to just, you know, acknowledging women's voices in this space. But for me, it's been really interesting being in Chicago and being involved in this group of men because, man, they really deserve flowers and they deserve love and they deserve for us to just acknowledge the work that they do and who they are too. And I am the only girl and the only woman kind of in the crew. And so I've really just um, been able to to recognize on a personal level how important it is for us to always, you know, give that acknowledgement to men and allow them the space to know their worth and heal and grow. And especially with this group, they're just they're just really great people. And I'm happy to to be a part of Save Money now. Hell yeah. And and the and Save Money's lucky to have you, Londi. Uh and and we've been lucky to have you here it's in the true. virtual Absolutely. studio this evening. My goodness. Do you feel that, Rachel? I feel that. I feel so full of gratitude. Pretty sure my heart is full of it. Just it's very full. The, the the cup runneth over. My it does. Goodness. And it is true. I do feel like those, they were, Vic and all of them were one year uh, below us. I went to high school with Cody and Vic. And they really did turn out Whitney Young. Style-wise, Vic coming in with the rain boots and like the he had those like 80s glasses. I was like, wow, they're really bringing some new flavor and choices aesthetically. So there we go. So that's literally a perfect uh, segue into our uh, final question of the night, which is what is one thing that you want folks checking for from you today? This is your opportunity to plug uh, what Londi wants to plug. Yeah, um, I, I, I want to plug SMSL. I just feel like, you know, get in tune, social media, save money, save life um, on all platforms and just see what we're working on. And we always have places for people to get involved because that's just really how we've been able to do everything we do by, by people taking interest in us. So the plug is SMSL and the work that we do. And I, I hope that people take interest in it. Amazing. Well, Londi, truly, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for chopping it up with us today, coming on the pod, fighting through any technological adversity to get with us today. I mean, this is you are this is a podcast for really Chicago voices. And I feel like you're so crucial in that. So truly, thank you. Thank you guys so much for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Well, this has been another uh fully fantastically warm loving episode of ain't nobody checking for me pod i'm cody wilkins i'm rachel jarofsky and we are out ain't nobody for me checking for me